Hello, and welcome to the Pondering Life Adventures podcast. My name is Bobby Beal. And I'm Mari Lung. Hey, Bobby, it's nice to see you. <laughs> Hi, Mari. Boy, it is good to see you as always. You look like you're walking around a camper. I am walking around the camper. I'm going to put together a peanut butter and jelly sandwich here while we're chatting. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you just fine. So, Perfect. So I was on our little dibbling reunion last week, and now you're at a family reunion this week? Yep, yep. This is the Beale family reunion, and so almost all my siblings are here. Um, the ones who aren't here come in the second half of the week. Some of them didn't, couldn't, or didn't take off the whole week. I have no idea what that would be like. <laughs> right. And certainly if you're outside, nature can give you a lot of activities, but may I just say that, uh, pine cones aren't actually a really good throwable. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. You may say that. <laughs> some of them are pokey. Some of them have bugs. Some of them just out and out hurt when they pelt you. Yes, agreed. <laughs> so my vote would be against pine cones. <laughs> it seemed like a good idea at the time. I, I rewarded them. For <laughs> I see what happened here. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you really see what happened? Can you see the top of my head right there? Oh, <laughs> so this was a recent experiment. Yeah. Oh. Alexander said I look like I got scratched like it by a chicken. Oh, you had a fight with a chicken. That that's her story. Mm -hmm. What happened to my head? Um, was it Alexandra who threw the pine cone at you? <laughs> no, George did. And oh. and they had the permission. Like we were out playing and they wanted to play a tossable game and I didn't have anything. And frequently I'll like roll up socks because you can almost always use socks, but you know, it's 95 degrees here. We're not actually wearing socks. Um <laughs> or shoes for that matter so I just didn't have anything with me and they they were looking around and they suggested it and it seemed like we did a couple of uh you know test tosses like toss it up catch in your hand can you know if you catch it is it too pokey because we do have some pokey pine cones I don't know if you have pokey ones or not but we definitely have some that have some sharpness and it seemed okay but let me just say what seemed okay tossing it in your hand and being hurled at my head were two really different things. And they got you. Did they get each other at all? Or were you the only? Victim? I was the first casualty, <laughs> which is good. I'd rather be the first casualty than the kids be the casualty. Um, and well, I agree with that. <laughs> yes, it was definitely fun. We found a new um, park and playground what that is yeah it's in downtown st pete and i don't usually go to downtown because it's just a lot to find parking and traffic and you know when i'm watching four kids by myself i tend to like a little more i don't want to say structure but i suppose it is structure but um you know fewer opportunities for impulsive unsafe decisions and so i tend not to but i went downtown because i heard about this park and playground it's a new pier downtown. So you can walk the entire pier, but about halfway down the pier, there is a playground. And then in between the playground, there's like a little cafe. And then on the other side of the cafe is the um, splash park. So the cafe has like 
gourmet pizzas, like adult food. It has some okay. good foods too. That's nice. Yeah. And, and some, and some adult beverages, frankly, if you want them, but like, but good, you know, not, not snack shack food, like good food. Right. So you can sit and enjoy like a real lunch and you can see both the playground and the splash park from there. So I could have my kids go back and forth. So if they got hot, they cooled off and then they went back to the playground and I can still see them that entire time. And the bathroom free place. Yeah. I mean, I get you pay for food, but right. You pay for food. I didn't even have to pay for parking. Oh, wow. Find street parking. They do have a paid parking lot, but there's plenty of street parking. And we went earlier in the day and I just thought like whoever set that up was paying attention. Right. Yes. It really allowed me to sit and relax. Like I actually had kind of an enjoyable time while being able to constantly see all of my kids. And even the bathroom was like in between it. So you could see the bathroom. You know, so my kids are old enough to go to the bathroom by themselves. If I can see the door in and out, I don't necessarily want them going away somewhere, you know, away from you. I agree. But if I could see, if I could see the entrance and exit door, I feel like that's okay. And they go with a buddy. It's not like they're technically going by themselves. Um, I feel okay enough with that, but I thought that was pretty, pretty amazing. It sounds like a great place. I'll have to check it out when we come visit. Yeah. Hey, when are we going to visit? I know you and I are going to get to see each other and I'll see Henry when we're at our conference in a few weeks. Yeah. But I am thinking that we either need to get you up here camping or we need to get down there visiting. And although it's just so hard to tell, I thought we were at the end of the pandemic. Didn't you? I did. And Florida has higher numbers than we did last January. Yep. I'm trying to show you our view. See, we're on the water. I love it. And those are our two boats that both happen to be running at the same time. <laughs> Super unusual for us. And you're eating peanut butter <laughs> and jelly. Mm-hmm. What a good day. <laughs> Don't get beamed by any pine cones. I won't. But do you see that we string up lights around our campsite? And as I was walking up here from the area, <laughs> into it. A bun- no, a bungee cord let loose and like the bungee cord flew towards the road and the lights went flying. It was pretty funny. They're just plastic and it, they're fine, but <laughs> it was just weird. Where's your pink flamingo? Um, I don't have a, why would I have a pink flamingo? I what makes you think pink flamingos? Do that little yard art stick it out. No. I'm going to show you our yard art, though, because um, my nephew, Sean's son, Garrison, works at a sign shop, and so he made signs for all of us. Do you see the orange discs? Oh, yeah. Bobby, Danny, and company. And then the back of each one, it says the Beals, and there's my parents over there, Rex and Linda. Theirs has all the names of all the grandchildren on their sign. Isn't that cool? So we've taken over this loop at this camp and that's my parents. Then there's Rachel and the twins. The giant camper is Ryan and his four kids and wife. There's me and Danny. Behind me is Sean and Cindy and their family. And then back there is my old pop-up camper with one of my sisters and her kids. So we're all over it. Hi, this is my friend, Mari. Hi, what are you eating? What are you eating? She said. Cheetos. Oh, hi. 
Bye. Hey, I didn't even get to see you. What kind of tricks can you do? He has a new scooter and they are Ooh. loving it. Look at how them zoom, my goodness. Oh yeah. They love the freedom of being here because they're allowed to drive all over the place. Oh, I just, you know, sometimes I'll do a lot of things that are, that other people would consider high risk. You know, like I've taken my kids camping, canoeing and all that, but there are some little things that I feel like a lot of parents do that I am much more restrictive of. So for example, their abuela lives just, you know, two blocks away, two and a half blocks. Um, but across is a road that doesn't have a stop sign. And so I haven't let them go by themselves yet. Mm, yeah. And mm -hmm. so yesterday I let them go on their bikes where I stood, where I could see them. And then Abuela was standing at her door. So we were on the phone. So there's a place where they turned the corner and I can no longer see them, but she should be able to see them. Yes. So we let them go like that. But I have to tell you, the only thing I could think of is like, oh, great. Now I'm going to watch them get hit by a car <laughs> instead of be able to stop them. Um, but they, they did great. And I made them practice, like go to the end of the driveway, pretend it's the street that you're crossing without stop signs. Show me that you know what to do. And then I'm going to be watching you. So they did that at the street. You know, they all stopped. They all looked both ways. They all went across. And then, and then they all turned around and gave me a thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome yeah I think that was pretty sweet given but I just I don't know I'm nervous about some of those kinds of things I think that's where the accidents are going to happen not at the climbing gym where we're super safe I think it's going to happen because I'm tired I'm like yeah fine go to your abuelas so I'm I know you saw this last week too and we're seeing it here and that is it's interesting when you have mixed groups of families <laughs> because the level of huh, Everybody has their own thing. Yeah. Their own levels. Oh, that's totally true. Cause even what we were talking about, like Mealy would have been fine just sending them down the street. Right. And her mom, although accommodating to me, does think that I'm being too risk averse. You know? Oh, yes. Yes. That's always the thing, isn't it? Yeah. Is deciding. Mm -hmm. Do I do the same thing the other parents do or do they follow my lead? And yeah, it's, it's interesting well, to have even mixed with our parenting own groups. Kids, you have to do that, right? You have to think, do you do the same thing? And maybe you have enough age gap where it allows you to like not get those direct comparisons, but with right. the triplets and Henry only being two years apart, I definitely hear like, well, Henry can do this or, or Henry is starting to notice like you didn't let me do that when I was six. Cause I'll let the triplets do some things that I wouldn't have let Henry do because I've either figured out how to manage it or, um, they're, they're capable in different ways. Yeah. And I mean, even though it's been a long time, I remember Jesse when, uh, he was eight, nine, 10 and blaze just turned 10 blaze is far more coordinated and athletic. And so I don't really worry about her racing off on her bike around the loops of the campground, whereas Jesse would have crashed somewhere and I would have to go find him. <laughs> right. That's what I'm talking about. And then how do you navigate that? You know, that other parents are watching you, especially because you're a psychologist, right? Like I feel like I get watched more because of the work that we do. Yeah. Yeah. 
I don't know. I feel like, and maybe this is because I'm hanging out with my extended family. They yeah. look at me and are critical and are like, oh my gosh, really? They want to argue about it all because I think <laughs> they do think that I should know it all. And, um, and if they think anything different, then they're really fussy about it. And you're it's, the oldest? I'm the oldest. So you get that too. Yep. Yep. World according to Bobby. So you get to explain your world and then they get to argue with you about it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's like, come on. That sounds terrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love those little kid voices. And then boat time, okay? Okay, wait, boat time later. Can you tell us that again? Say it again. First what? Hi. Say hi, Mari. What are you doing? Can you say, what are you doing? What are you doing? No, you say, tell her. First, we're going to do what? And then we're going to do what? Uh, first, you were going to play, and then we were going to go. Uh, tell Mari. First, we're going to eat, wax, and then um, both at, at this campground. Okay. That sounds like a plan. First, sounds like a good plan, she said. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Okay. My kids say that too. They don't say that they need a grown up. They say they need supervision. So like George wanted to make a sandwich. He's like, I want to make a sandwich, but I think I need supervision. Will you come into the kitchen? Sure. <laughs> and he was fine. I, but I, I would much rather have that mm -hmm. than have him trying something and cut his finger off. Oh, jeez. Yes. Okay. I'm just having that, those flashbacks from when we were kids. I don't, yeah, you might be too old for this, <laughs> but maybe you'll remember. Um, there was a, it, cause I was in middle school. So you, you would have been in late high school or college where we took tennis balls and you would cut the tennis ball in half and you make a little smiley face and squeeze it and it would open up and you drew little eyes on it. Do you remember those? No, we did not ever do that. I've never seen that done. You've never seen it. Okay, well, to cut a tennis ball, especially if you're using a kitchen knife, is not really safe easy. <laughs> or easy. Okay. And so my brother, so we were probably 10 and 11, decided that that's what he wanted to do. I didn't, I was too scared to cut it. So he said he was going to cut it. So he has this big knife and he puts the tennis ball in his hand to cut it with this big knife. Right. So slices his hand. And then goes running through the house. So now there's like blood splattered on the hallway. <laughs> hand. And then somehow I got in trouble because I was the older one for that incident. Even though I said like, I'm not cutting it. I don't think it's safe, but I was the witness. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure they had to call someone in to get... He only had stitches, like nothing. It was, it definitely looked a lot. He worse. didn't lose a finger, huh? No, he lost the tip of his finger when my brother, so my other brother was trying to fix this car. He rebuilt this car when he was like 12 and he was lowering the engine in, but he couldn't lower it and position it at the same time. So he was 12. And so that means that I was eight. So my brother is seven, my younger brother is seven. So we have a seven and eight year old that like, we're positioning this you know, thousand pound engine while my other brother is lowering it into the car and he dropped it. My 12, the 12 year old dropped it. And so I let go because I can't catch an engine. 
my other brother didn't move his hand. Like he tried to hold on to it as if he's going to like gently fall. It took off the top of his finger. I got in trouble for that one too, which I'm really not clear about. Like, why am I always the one getting in trouble when these aren't even my ideas? Repeat after me. Scapegoat. <laughs> I was the scapegoat because I was yeah. the responsible one. I ended yeah. up being the scapegoat. It, of, of the things that I got in trouble for as a kid, very rarely was it something that I initiated. But my parents definitely believed in the if you were there you're part of the problem <laughs> you know all in all I probably like my brothers really got injured I didn't even get like super injured as a kid I definitely have you know plenty of broken bones and all that I mean we our childhood my childhood was definitely much more free range than kids childhood now oh yeah mine was too you know we had the our role was when the street lights came on that's when you had to head home whatever time that was. yeah we rarely had to head home <laughs> but well, remember when i was 11 we moved to a campground mm. and so we had a 270 acre yard basically and so uh camp uh a quiet time at camp was after 11 p.m so we definitely had to be somewhere by 11 but oh well you didn't have to be home for for dinner Yep. So my grandparents had a bigger camper and a big campsite in the campground. They were co-owners with my parents. And the rule was everybody had to show up at 530 for something for dinner at grandma's so that they could do kind of a head count and then you were gone again. Certainly. I remember, you know, exploring creeks and things that I wouldn't want my kids to do without an adult, but at that age. Why would you want them to be more supervised than you were? Especially I'm thinking about exploring the creek. I get the, I think we're so much more, you know, we were raised on, our, our kids are raised on stranger danger and yeah. that sort of thing. But if you're talking about like, if we were here camping and there was a creek, why would you, what is it that you, makes you want to be more vigilant than your parents were? So with the triplets, I think that they, if they were individually exploring, I mean, I wouldn't, them, I wouldn't want them to do anything by themselves. So, you know, I definitely believe in the whole buddy system, but if they were not in their clump of the triplets, I would be okay with them, but with a clump of the three of them get each other going. And so their ideas spiral outside of safety, Henry, even Henry with his like most unsafe buddy, he doesn't fall into peer pressure and he would be safe. I would let Henry do it, and, but he's eight. So he's, that's a little bit older. Yeah. Um, so, and I, and I, I think if something happened, it would really just be an accident. It would happen if I were there or if I wasn't there, you know, if something happens to Henry, um, but the triplets together, they get these like harebrained ideas that they just keep creatively working on. And pretty soon, like one of them is, you know, dangling from the ceiling. So, yes. So I don't, I don't know what to say about that is because I just don't think that none of them are malicious but right. none of them know that stopping point yet either even the most cautious one still was like oh this would be a good idea you try it <laughs> so still have you seen the other one to do it it makes me think of several things but one of the things is have you seen the movie luca yeah yeah and they and them taking that scooter down that hill <laughs> 
And yes. that, that sounds like what you're describing. Between the two of them, they're like, yeah, okay, we'll do that. And it's like, no, no, no. That, that but if it had been only one of them, they wouldn't have. Right, right, right. And then the other thing it makes me think of is, you know, looking back on it, I, since I was the oldest, I was always the ringleader of whatever group I was hanging with. And I hate pain. And so I would never... <laughs> do anything that would could get me hurt just you know what i mean and so i would be i'll go to the edge of the cliff but i'm not gonna get close enough to fall over i'll you know climb the tree but i'm not going to the boughs bend toward the earth you know that sort of thing and so i i don't know i just feel like i had this protective layer built in and and maybe it's a little mother hen-ish it was just part of being the big sister or it could be part of who you are. You know, Henry and Alexander are both like that. They're both, I don't want to say they're cautious because they'll both do risky things. And it's not like right. they haven't been hurt, but they definitely have this observation part first. They don't like being hurt. I don't know anyone that likes being hurt, but, um, and they also are pretty good at assessing their skills versus what's needed. So Victoria though, over assesses her abilities. She will frequently think like, I can do this in my head. So why isn't it working in real life? And she has a very, very high pain tolerance. So she's my one that's like broken everything and just keeps going because she doesn't, it doesn't stop her. So it doesn't even, you know, work to like slow her down. So I really worry about her. Um, and George is, he doesn't he doesn't like pain so he doesn't want to get hurt but he's pretty capable and then when he's all in he's all in so if other people are involved and you're like playing tackle football well he's gonna play tackle football so I think that he just does riskier things so those are the two that always get hurt on me and that's probably why I don't want to so we're back to your question maybe supervision isn't about like oh they're six they should be able to do this it's oh this is my six-year-old what can they do? I don't want to supervise them when they're 20. So clearly I'm going to have to be doing some progression to get them to do things unsupervised. So that, that right there brings me to parenting is such a tricky thing because you have to progress or evolve. Right. You know, one of the things that I talk about in home-based treatment is it's not that the parents that you're working with have no parenting skills or horrible parenting skills, their parenting skills were probably perfectly fine for toddlers. They're not okay for school age or they were fine for school age, but they're not okay for adolescents. And it really gets complicated and trying to help people evolve appropriately um, and see that some people get really stuck like this worked. This is what worked. Why can't they just follow those directions and be compliant? Well, you're not letting them stretch at all. You're not letting them take reasonable risks. And so now they're going to, you know, sneak away or, or um, rebel more because you're just unable to tolerate that, let, letting that growth happen. Or you're just really stuck in some level of parenting. So to your point, I also think that parenting becomes more divergent as the kids get older and become their own more independent selves. You know, when the triplets were all two, I could use pretty much the same roles. So yes, they had different personalities, but like no one gets to cut with a knife, <laughs> right? Like they just, right. <laughs> you're, you're all two, but you know, by five, 
two of them can cut with a knife and one isn't quite focused enough. And so they've, it's become a little divert, more divergent now. And I think that makes parenting trickier. I also lean hard on my own support system, knowing that like, okay, I want, you know, George to play soccer. A, I don't like soccer. <laughs> B, I don't really know anything about soccer. So I'm going to get other adults in his life that will teach him that skill. And I back out of it. Or even when I do know, like if I go to Alexandra's horseback riding and I have horseback riding experience, I let her coach deal with things. And if I have an issue with the coach, I'll talk to the coach directly. But for the most part, I try to let the coach coach. Yeah. So I think that's one of the ways I deal with it is just get other experienced adults to do some of the things that I feel less comfortable with. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I think the parents that I work with don't have that safety net. For sure. I agree. And we all know that connection is the the number one component for resiliency and life satisfaction. Yeah. And, and with that connection, you know, feeling comfortable enough to ask, like, I feel like you and I can have this conversation of, all right, you know, Victoria, I think I'm Victoria, but she's usually my challenging one. Victoria did this. <laughs> what are you thinking? You know, being able to have someone that you feel comfortable enough to be vulnerable around a parenting thing, because parenting is so judged everywhere we go. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. People judge each other horribly, don't they? I mean, and it's not just on parenting, it's on all the things, but yeah. parents I think are very susceptible to it because you have these little boogers running around behaving certain ways and either they're doing something that somebody doesn't want them doing, or they're not doing something that somebody thinks they ought to be able to do by now. Right? Right? Either way, <laughs> either way, it's, uh, it's problematic. And who do we blame? The parent. And some of the times, especially with the ones when people aren't, when kids aren't doing things exactly in sync with the other kids their age or um, haven't mastered some task. Um, I, one of the things that I like to do is just to remind parents, it's okay everybody can do this by the time they're 30. <laughs> it's so funny. I think I told someone else the other, the other day, I'm like, I'm pretty sure they're not going to go to college with you sleeping in their bed. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. And that sleeping alone is a huge one. And I think I'd yeah. be curious. Uh, I think a lot of people are suffering with this one uh, because of the pandemic that they let some of those boundaries slip because, oh my gosh, we're quarantined together. Why not have a big slumber party? And, I'm and tired. then they get into these habits. <laughs> yeah. And I'm tired and we're stuck together all day, every day and blah, blah, blah. And so, um, uh, so for sure we're, we're having that issue a little bit with blaze who is very clear about it. I don't like to be alone. I can go spend the night with anyone else. So it's not that I can't be without you, but we're stuck here and I don't like to be alone. And she sometimes will get to the point where if you gave me a sibling, of my own, you know, closer in age, we wouldn't be having this problem. And so it's the standoff. <laughs> it's your fault because you didn't have an age appropriate sibling. That's right. That's right. <laughs> now the, the truth comes out. That's so true. Um, I'm not a fan of having my kids sleep with me. I don't mind kids sleeping with their parents. I think that it's secure and it helps them. And if you have a nightmare and you should have to work in the morning, by all means, um, I just don't sleep well. Like it's, it's my issue, especially since the injury. However, my kids love to sleep in forts 
and oh. Mealy does not like forts in the living room. Like she was not raised with that. I w- and I was gonna say like forts were always okay. I don't know why. I love a good things, fort. Yeah, of all the things that my mom and dad didn't allow, like I remember them bringing like stacks of blankets and pillows and brooms, and they're like, "Here you go. We've removed all the breakable things from the living room. Build a fort. Good luck." Yeah, right. and it would be like a whole half of the day and in, in snacks. And so that creative play, my parents are really good with. And so I'm a big fan of that too, because I can give them a whole stack of things and they will be good for, you know, a couple of hours. They'll build their fort. They'll set up something inside of it. Now, the triplets, Henry usually builds his fort in a completely different room. The triplets want their fort in the same room and they want um, secret trap doors between their forts. Um, thank you. What Mari. a lovely Sorry, back to back disjointed but yeah that is interesting isn't the dibblings and the siblings (laughs) yeah we we have two great parenting episodes right next to each other so that's great until next time stay well be kind and enjoy life's adventures ciao bye-bye thank you for listening to pondering life adventures where you got to eavesdrop on two well-seasoned therapists chat about our well-seasoned lives you can find us on spotify or google podcasts or apple itunes or wherever you listen to your podcast like subscribe review share you know do your thing you can follow us on our facebook group page pondering life adventures where you can send us a personal message or share a link to your social media or you can visit us on our platform anchor and leave us a voice message who knows you might get featured in an upcoming episode. We're also on Patreon at patreon.com slash ponderingLifeAdventures, where you can become an active participant in supporting our creative process with a monthly membership. You get access to exclusive content, such as some of our funny outtakes, and insight into our creative process.